0: Chapter twenty one of Doom Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caroline Doom Castle by Neil Munro. Chapter twenty one Count Victor changes his quarters. Count Victor said au revoir to Doom Castle that afternoon mungo had rowed him down by boat to the harbour and left him with his valise at the inn pleased mightily that his cares as garrison were to be relieved by the departure of one who so much attracted the unpleasant attention of nocturnal foes and returned home with the easiest might he had enjoyed since the fatal day the frenchman waded to the rock as for count victor his feelings were mingled he had left doom from a double sense of duty and yet had he been another man he would have bided for love after last evening's uproar plain decency demanded that jonah should obviate a repetition by removing himself elsewhere there was no other consideration as pregnant yet more delicate the traditions of his class and family as well as his natural sense of honor compelled his separation from the fascinating influence of the ingenuous woman whose affections were pledged in another quarter in a couple of days he had fallen desperately in love with olivia a precipitation that might seem ridiculous in any man of the world who was not a montaiglon satiated by acquaintance with scores of dame stratagems fair and puppets without hearts below their modish bodices. Olivia, charmed by her freshness and the simple frankness of her nature with its deep emotions, gave him indefinitely more surprise and thrill than any woman he had met before. Wisdom wanting absolute honesty, he told himself, is only craft— I discover that a monstrous deal of cleverness I have seen in her sex is only another kind of cosmetic daubed on with a sponge. And then, too, Olivia that morning seemed to have become all of a sudden very cool to him. He was piqued at her silence, he was more than piqued to discover that she, too, like Mungo, obviously considered his removal a relief.' behold him then with his quarters taken in the boar's head inn whence by good luck the legal gang of edinburgh had some hours before departed standing in the entrance feeling himself more the foreigner than ever with the vexing reflection that he had not made any progress in the object of his embassy but on the contrary had lost no little degree of his zest therein the sound of the flageolet was at once a blow and a salute that unaccomplished air had helped to woo olivia in her bower but yet it gave a link with her the solace of the thought that there was one she knew was it not something of good fortune that it should lead him to identify and meet one whose very name was still unknown to him but with whom he was in a faint measure on slight terms of confederacy through the confession of olivia and the confidence of mungo boyd toujours l'audace thought he and he asked for the innkeeper's introduction to the performer if it may be permitted and the gentleman is not too pressingly engaged indeed said the innkeeper a jovial rosy gentleman typical of his kind indeed and it may be very well permitted and it would not be altogether to my disadvantage that his lordship should be out of there for the baileys cannot very well be drinking deep and listening to simon mactaggart's songs as i have experienced afore the name he never heard it said count victor but it happens to be montaiglon and i was till this moment in the odd position of not knowing his though we have a common friend A few minutes later the chamberlain stood before him with the end of the flageolet protruding from the breast of his coat. As they met in the narrow confine of the lobby, on either hand of them closed rooms noisy with clink of drinking-ware, with laugh and jest, and all that rumour of carouse, Montaiglon's first impression was exceedingly favourable this chamberlain pleased his eye to start with his manner was fine-bred in spite of a second's confusion his accent was cordial and the flageolet displayed with no attempt at concealment captured the heart of the frenchman who had been long enough in these isles to weary of a national character that dare not surrender itself to any unbusiness-like frisking in the meadows and one thing more there was revealed here was the kilted gallant of the miniature in olivia's chamber and here was the unfriendly horseman of the wood here in fine was the lover of the story and the jealousy if it was jealousy he had felled in the wood forgotten for he smiled but now he was face to face with olivia's lover count victor discovered that he had not the slightest excuse for referring to her who was the only association between them the lady herself and Mungo Boyd had conveyed a sense of very close conspiracy between all four, but from neither the lady nor any one else in doom had he any passport to the friendship of this gentleman. It was only for a moment the difficulties of the situation mastered him. "'I have permitted myself, monsieur, to intrude upon you upon an excuse that must seem scandalously inadequate,' said he. "'My name is Montaiglon, with the particle, I think.' said sir mactaggart count victor started slightly but yes said he it is so though i never march with much baggage and a de to a traveller is like a second hat it is then that it is perhaps unnecessary to say more of myself the chamberlain with much bonhomie grasped his hand monsieur montaillon said he i am very proud to meet you "'I fancy a certain lady and I owe something to your consideration, and Simon MacTaggart stands upon no ceremony.' Count Victor winced slightly at the conjunction, but otherwise he was delighted. "'I am ravished, monsieur,' said he. "'Ceremonies like some people's assumption of dignity. The false bottoms they put in their boots to conceal the fact that they are under the average height, is it not?' Arm in arm they went out in front of the inn, and walked along the bay, and the provost and the bailies were left mourning for their king. "'You must not fancy the name and the reputation of the gentlemen of Camercy unknown known in these parts,' said the chamberlain. "'When the lady, who need not be more specifically mentioned, told me you had come to doom, it was like the overcome of a song that at first I had heard of you before.' and now that i see you i mind the story went when i was at Dunkerque some years ago that count victor jean if all his other natural gifts had failed him might have made a noble fortune as a maitre d'escrime sir i am an in indifferent hand with the rapier myself but i aye liked to see a man that was its master you are very good said montaiglon And yet such a reputation, exaggerated as I fear it may be, is not by my faith the one I should desire under the circumstances that, as you have doubtless further heard, bring me here. About that, monsieur de Montaiglon, it is perhaps as well that the Duke of Argyll's chamberlain should know nothing at all. You are a wild lot, my gallant Jacobites. He laughed softly as he spoke between ourselves i have been more than bottle friends with some lovable persons on your sides of the house and you will be good enough to consider simon mactaggart no politician though the duke's chamberlain ex officio is bound to be enemy of every man who will not swear king george the best of monarchs from what i know of affairs in europe now and for all our heroics of invasion said count victor "'His Majesty is like to remain in undisputed possession, and you may take my word for it. "'No affair of high policies is responsible for my being here. "'Monsieur himself has doubtless had affairs. "'I am seeking but for one man.' Drimdarroch said the chamberlain. "'So the lady told me. "'Our Drimdarroch will not provide very much interest for a maître d'escrime. "'And he laughed as he pictured Petullo the rider shivering before a flash of steel.' ah you speak of the lawyer doom told me of him and he was good enough to interest himself in my lodging in this place i must make him my compliments at the earliest and tell him i have settled down for myself in the auberge to that much at least i can help you though in the other affair i am neutral in spite of my interest in any ploy of the kind there is petullo's house across the way i am on certain terms with him if you care we could see him now Le Said Count Victor. The chamberlain led the way. End of chapter twenty one.